This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, attacking the Colts defense with C.J. Stroud. Colts play a lot of zone. They don't blitz very much at all. Here was Dan Orlovsky yesterday on ESPN saying these are the two things C.J. Stroud needs to do against that Indianapolis defense. And talking about like the zone coverage, CJ's going to have these short completions. Why do defenses play zone? They're going to give you completions because, one, they think at some point you're going to hold it too long and a sack is going to happen. Or, two, you'll have an offensive penalty that's going to set you back. Right. Or, three, you'll force the ball. You'll lack patience. So two things are going to be needed. Number one, they're going to have to hit some of those play actions that I just showed. Two, they don't care about yardage, zone defenses. They think at some point you're going to get into the red zone. I don't care if you kick six field goals, score six times. They, they want you to be d- down in the red zone um, a lesser player. C.J. holds the ball in the red zone more than any quarterback in the NFL. Wow. He's going to have to because he's going to have to make some plays that equal touchdowns and not just take completions just to get field goals. Yeah, and um, I mean, a lot of that has to do, honestly, with the fact that their run game has vastly improved, the Texans, but it's it, when you really, really need it in crunch time, do you have the guys up front that can be road graders and move guys out of the way um, or genuinely threaten in the run? They don't. So because of that, teams are able to – they're not going to get duped. They're not going to get – they don't – they're not so terrified of the run they're going to get duped and let the tight end out scot-free the way you see a lot of times. That's a the, maybe the best, best, best thing for still having a really good run game in the NFL, despite how much you might not think the run game matters, is that when you get down into the red zone, defenses are, are terrified of – you know, letting the easy touchdown, and that's when tight ends run free. They just get complete released into the wild. So I I don't know if the Texans are going to do something to change that all of a sudden in the last game of the season. As far as their red zone offense, I think some people have the perception that it's like the worst red zone offense in the league or something. They're right in the middle of the pack. They're like 16th or 17th in red zone scoring. It just feels worse sometimes because they're so effective at moving the ball in that in that middle 60 yards. They get down inside the 20 and it feels like, hey, what the hell happened? You know, you get that you, you, you get you get stopped short when all of a sudden your leash gets yanked from behind. It feels a lot worse than if you just uh, if you just never never get out in front of the leash at all. So I think that I'm not overly concerned about it. I think Orlovsky does a good job of you know painting it like if they don't do that, they're just sol and done for. It's more that look. You're facing a defense that's not that great. The Colts are just, they're an okay defense. Um, and you're an okay red zone offense. Mm-hmm. It's just, it would be awesome if this run game would take that next step and be one that can function for you down in the red zone. Yeah, that, yeah, red zone's a big concern for me. I'll tell you my biggest concern, Seth, with this game 
is it? I look. I think the Texans have the the better quarterback in this game, considerably better. Um, but I think the biggest mismatch in this game, if we're looking at matchups in this game, I think the biggest mismatch might belong to the Colts, and that's their defensive interior uh, yeah. against the Texans' interior <sighs> offensive line. Like that's yeah. that's a problem. Grover Stewart have, uh, yeah. and DeForest Buckner against Scruggs, Dieter, Shaq Mason. Problem. And again, that's why honestly. You go back to, okay, is Juice Scruggs that much improved from when he ended up getting C.J. Stroud concussed by Quentin Williams? No, he's not. Uh, he's still got issues in pass protection as a guard. I'm still optimistic about Juice Scruggs as a center, but, man, it's becoming more and more apparent that guard is not the position for him. So just as it was last week, I think you're going to use a fullback a lot. I honestly prefer that it would be Brevin Jordan a lot of the time because teams have to respect him as a receiver more mm-hmm. than they do Andrew Beck. Andrew, if Andrew Beck gets open, it's because – people forget to cover him or they're more concerned about things downfield. Whereas Brevin Jordan can get open like a tight end can get open more often. So I think it's a matter of keeping more bodies in the box and learning how to run and then set up play action with all of that. Because those two defensive tackles, Grover Stewart and, and Buckner, Brentson, uh, and Buckner are just, they're they're just physically better than the Texans' interior offensive line. It's the biggest mismatch on the field. Yeah, do do the Texans have anything for them defensively that even approaches that against the Colts' offense? Like that? that oh, that you feel awesome. That about? you feel good about like that, Matt? Like if I'm the Col- if I'm sitting in Indianapolis right now, man, I feel great about the fact that DeForest Buckner and and Grover Stewart might wreck this game for the Texans. Do the Texans yeah. do the Texans have anything like that defensively that? That, that that Indianapolis should be nervous I, about. The thing is, I would feel really, really good about I, – I mean, I feel great about Will Anderson in general. Yeah. The one issue there is that, um, is that Braden Smith, their right tackle, came back last week, and it made a big difference for that Colts offensive line. So you've kind of got a strength on a strength there. And look, Will Anderson played 12 snaps last week. Yeah. The, the, the Colts offensive line is just way better than the Tennessee Titans offensive line. For those of you, like nobody's been paying attention to the Colts this year. Their offensive line was a huge disappointment last year. All of a sudden this year, they're back to being really, really good again. So I don't think it's as much of an advantage. I think, you know, Will Anderson is very, very good and I think he's getting better. It's just not as much. Of a, of a huge mismatch as it is with Grover Stewart and DeForest Buckner in there. Now, now having said all that, the, the, because the Colts don't blitz at all, like they're the lowest blitz rate in the league, it does become easier to scheme for and make up for those issues with your offensive tackles, or offensive linemen on the interior. So, like, that's where I, I think they can scheme for that, but you have to still also be able to run the ball effectively because you're not necessarily you're not going to have a super efficient passing game when you're keeping extra guys in the block. Um, over under, would you say Will played twelve snaps last week? Right, twelve snaps for Will Anderson thereabouts it, yeah. in a blowout, so he didn't play probably for big chunks of the second half. Over under, Will Anderson snaps this game twenty and a half. Is that an actual number? Is no, that no, your... that's just my number. Oh, okay. I'm just throwing it out there. Is, is, do you, in other words, do you? Because I think I this, say, this I will be a closer no, game, yeah. probably. I'm going to say that's an over. I'm guessing they might have had him like. I, I'm guessing they might have thought, okay, if you can get 50 percent of the snaps uh, last week, they would have given him 50 percent of the snaps. Or maybe if they're just putting him in on third downs and obvious passing situations, that works into about maybe half the snaps. So I would, yeah, I would say the what did you say twenty? Twenty and a half. And a half yeah, yeah, I would, I would take the over on that. I, I would too. I think for one, it's going to be a closer game. 
this this week than it was. I mean, last week was a blowout, and that was a luxury they had last week, Seth. Too, they probably saw pretty early on in that game, especially once it got to be seventeen nothing. You know, seventeen nothing yeah. after that Rankin scoop and score, and they probably were able to look at it and go, "All right, I mean, we literally can play Will just on third and long, and probably be okay against this team." <laughs> you know, like they they could see like, okay, this, this the Titans ain't they, they ain't hanging with us today. You know, that'll so be different Will- on Saturday. Last week, he had 12 total snaps. On 12 snaps, he had two sacks and four hurries. So six total quarterback pressures on his 12 snaps. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's, uh, he was pretty efficient. <laughs> yeah, and again, I think he can have a good game. It's just that it's not as much of a mismatch. No, you're stepping the, up in weight it class. Is with the, yeah. as, it is with, um, as it is on the interior of the Texans' offensive line. Yeah, absolutely. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Um, Joe Buck did an interview with our friend Greg Rajan from the Chronicle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Joe Buck. If Joe Buck, the, this, the, the scourge of everybody in Houston. Although, the, the I won't say general consensus, but when I've interacted with people about Joe Buck calling this game this week, there have been a lot of people who have said, I don't mind him on football, I just don't like him on baseball. Yeah. Um, he did an interview. Me, me included. You're, you're yeah. part of those people, right. I knew that. Um, he said that Joe Buck t- told Greg Rajan that this Texans-Colts game, that the Stephen Kim is the name of the producer for the Monday Night Football crew, and apparently he has a board in his office where they project what their Week 18 assignment is going to be throughout the uh-huh. season. You know, like he, they, they, you know, they, they just week to week they go. It's probably going to be this. It's probably going to be that. Start paying attention to those teams a they, little bit. more. Yeah, yeah, they start doing it in week four. He says, and they've had Texans Colts as this game basically since the first month of the season. That this would be the game that they thought they would be doing in prime time on Saturday. I don't know if I buy I, that. I don't. I buy it. I think you know. Obviously, we have a skewed perspective, but we thought that it might be that case, just because for one. The Dolphins um, and the Bills were already scheduled for Sunday night. So, like, that's the marquee matchup that you would have predict- predicted. Yeah. And the rest of them didn't, like, didn't necessarily look like they could have had as much. There were, some, there were more lopsided matchups like, uh, that were obviously lopsided from the get-go. That's what we were saying last week. Joe Buck is yeah. saying that they've had this circled as the game since, since the first month of the season. 
that, yeah. that their producer, yeah. And I'm, that's uh, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying we thought the same. We thought the same thing in week four. <laughs> yeah, because if you look at some of the matchups, that just it didn't look okay. The man, which one in week four did you think that at that point did you think Browns? Remember. At that point, did you think Browns Bengals was going to be an intriguing matchup? If you did, you sure as hell didn't think it was going to be because the Browns yeah. were good. No, no, you know? no. I, I, no I'll, be, I'll be totally honest. In week four, I wasn't looking at week eighteen. You know, like I, like, I, I feel like we had a discussion, but whatever. Yeah. In that's week a, four, I, yeah, I'm maybe, trying to give you credit for it, but that's fine. Yeah, no, no, credit, I, I, and don't I don't need the credit, credit yeah. for it. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> it just not, my whole point is like, wow, that like that's. I mean, these are two teams that have been up and down. There's 32 teams in the league, and Texans Colts are the one they're circling in Week Four. That's amazing. It was a, a lot of the. It would been. It would have been for the wrong reasons. There were just. If you look at a lot of the matchups, the narratives around this, there was a. There were kind of some dud perceived dud teams. Yeah. Um, right from the get-go, playing perceived good teams, and yeah. a lot of those instances, the perceived good team is now a dud, and vice versa. Yeah, but yeah. I think it just kind of—it's not like a. It wasn't because the Texans Colts was going to be that awesome. It was just I, I don't evenly know. matched. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, he has some nice things to say about Houston. Um, they've only done Aikman and Buck have only done four Texans games in their in their careers because they spent most of the time covering the NFC. Um, he says, I think every fan of teams around the NFL are trying to build a franchise winner should be jealous of what's going on in Houston. From the GM to the coach, who we love covering with the 49ers, to nailing the draft, year after year you talk about teams that just come up empty after pushing all the chips to the middle of the table, trying to find the right combo, and the Texans found it. That is so true, man. Like, all these teams that try to rebuild go in saying, look, we're going to rebuild and we're going to get draft picks and everything's going to be amazing. And there's like six teams every year that say that to themselves, and like one or two end up actually being good for the next several years. Yeah, and it's all—I mean, it's just such a crapshoot because there's just no rhyme or reason to who's going to be a good NFL coach most of the time. And even the guys that are eventually good, sometimes it takes them. It's just a matter of okay, are they patched? Are they matched with the right GM? I think you can. I think there's a lot of instances where you have a really smart and competent head coach matched with a really smart and competent GM, but they're just not the right fit for each other. It's just like marriages in real life. You can have two awesome people, but if they're not compatible with each other, you know, then all of a sudden you end up on Inside Edition. Yeah. Because you're yeah. It's <laughs> so that's where the te- the Texans have ended up on Inside Edition. Now now the last two years were different. Like like a whole, they were just treading water with David Colley and Lovey Smith yeah. and trying to iron out a whole lot of lot of dysfunctional issues but um this year it's like yeah both 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 of the dice came up the right side um some of you astro fans may not like joe buck being the voice of a lot of your great memories with the astros but joe buck doesn't feel the same way he says those games those astro games he's calling they were awesome he loved being in houston he loved sitting in that booth which is a great booth to be in he said i certainly heard it from the fans that would walk underneath the booth from time to time that's funny but it's part of the game and all part of being a national guy and not being there rooting for one specific team. People in Texas care, and that place would rock and shake. It was fun to be there right in the center of all, watching them win. So he's got better memories of him doing those games than Astro fans do. Yeah. Joe Buck liked you guys. I, I, he liked being uh, here. But I don't, I, I don't think – I honestly don't think with Buck, it's, it's not the traditional people hate the way – you know, people are convinced that it, a, a, a national announcer hates their team or what have you. With Buck, a lot of it is like he's – um, 
he detracts from the viewing experience no matter which game I'm watching because he will not call a home run yeah. like until it's been known to be a home run for like 17 seconds. He just seconds. wants to know, Seth. Sometimes he does, but like I know, I know well, get a spotter or something. It's, it's painful. Like you're sitting there and you're like, wait, why is – okay, everybody in the stands is cheering. Looks like some kid caught the ball. Why has he not announced this home run yet? Uh, it drives you insane. Yep. Or, or he'll let it linger, let it linger, let it linger – and like by the time they by the time you see that the outfielder has been standing twenty feet away from the wall waiting for the ball the entire time and it's not a home run, I just don't think he's good at it. Yeah. I don't think he's good at his job when it comes to not compared to the way I feel like he's a good football announcer. Baseball he detracts from my enjoyment. How much do you think Gardner Minshew has to gain from this game? I mean, we talk a lot about the Texans that have a lot to gain by the primetime stage. Gardner Minshew is a free agent after this year. He's led this team to nine wins. They've overachieved. Um, but his name doesn't often come up as a guy who's on the radar after the season. Is he just, is this because this is who he is? He's just sort of a career journeyman, win a few games guy? Or does he have a chance to, if he makes the playoffs and makes a run, does he get into that kind of like Kirk Cousins offseason conversation? I think the, the big question, it wouldn't be Kirk Cousins. I think the big question with him is like, okay, is he going to be a, like a Ryan Fitzpatrick type where all That's of a, a sudden one. people feel like, you know what, we might be able to make a, we might be able to make a go of it with him. Uh, yeah. Or Terod Taylor, maybe is that like the? I, I think with Fitzpatrick, I felt like people thought there was more upside to him, no matter what his interception issues were or anything like that. Uh, with Tyrod Taylor, I think there was always the athletic side of it. Like no matter what his passing numbers were, he was such a dual threat and like a very like we saw it when he was here. He was just so damn mature. Like he just like he was like the perfect personality to have as a, a leader of your team. The people wanted to talk themselves into him. I don't know if they feel that way about Gardner Minshew. So, but I but I feel like he's definitely in that either placeholder or, you know, backup plus, you know, that you, dude, you nailed mentor, it. Just, perhaps. Fitzy, you nailed it. Like, I yeah. think that's it. I, and, and he'll have a chance to do something with this game that Ryan Fitzpatrick never did, which is go to the playoffs. Ryan Fitzpatrick never played for a playoff team his entire career. Um, so Gardner Minshew, I think Fitzpatrick's the perfect analogy for that. You nailed it. All right, um, Payne and Pendergast with you. We'll keep digging into the Colts and the Texans throughout the show. Um, Bill O'Brien, I don't know how it's going to end in New England, but reports coming out yesterday about the Patriots season, kind of a post-mortem here as their season falls into the toilet, that Bill O'Brien was back up to his old tricks when he got up to New England uh, before the season started. We'll tell you what it was next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.